I stopped <laughs> buying non-ethical clothes about three years ago. I haven't stepped foot in an H&M or a Zara or even a Woolies, you know, in, in three years and can safely say that I love my wardrobe more than I ever have before. And, you know, I think once you start putting your mind to it and you sort of start to find the brands that you really like and by no means, I, I actually do think I spend less. I mean, I, I, I spend more, but less often. It's, mm -hmm. And it's as really as simple as that. And, you know, you, you buy these sort of, you know, your, these pieces that you cherish and love and you'll look after and wear loads. And imagine everyone did that, it would be amazing. Welcome to the Sustainable Jungle Podcast. I'm Joy and today we're talking to Olivia Kenaway, the founder of sustainable ethical fashion labels Asher 11 and Lalesu. Olivia helped drive the ethical fashion movement in Africa with early involvement in the Ethical Fashion Forum. She was also the instigator of what is today Soko Kenya, which was then set up by Joanna Maiden in the Rukinga Wildlife Sanctuary and now manufactures ethical fashion for big brands like ASOS Africa. We covered Olivia's particularly inspiring journey in ethical and sustainable fashion, her impact on communities and individuals, and the brand values that she has built into Asher 11 to take it to the next level of sustainability. We caught up in Betty's Bay, a small coastal town just outside of Cape Town on a moody and stormy day. So please enjoy a little wind whistling in the background as ambiance. As always, you can find the show notes for this episode and links to Olivia's work, as well as her recommendations at sustainablejungle.com forward slash podcast. So without further ado, let's get started with Olivia Kenaway. Olivia, we are absolutely thrilled to have you here in Betty's Bay. We actually, we were going to have this, I think you and I probably had a shared vision of this beautiful scenery behind <laughs> us, but it's actually a fogged up window and raging Stormy storm outside. Clouds. So not exactly what we had in mind, but anyway, it's still got its charm. Um, so thank you for being here. We really appreciate your time and uh, we'd love to start at the beginning. Tell us, where are you from? Where were you born? How did you get here? <laughs> um, well, thank you for having me. What a serendipitous chance that we're both here. I was born in Mombasa, Kenya, and grew up in Kenya for my, my, the whole of my childhood. And um, first came to Cape Town actually to study fashion design in 2004. I was here for three years then and then kind of moved around a little bit after that, did a bit of London and went back home. and. Um, moved back to Cape Town about seven years ago and yeah I can safely call this my very strong second home. So growing up in Kenya that must have been quite an influential thing for you. Yeah I realized more and more um, you know as as I kind of become more certain of you know exactly who I am how, what an influence it had and I think um, when it comes down to um, creativity which is obviously the path that I have chosen it's instilled this incredible, um, I suppose, value in me where, you know, I, I actually realized that I, a couple of years ago, I, I, uh, my boyfriend and I drove from Cape Town to Kenya and when we got there, my sister had just finished renovating this um, beach house that she'd bought that she was planning to like, you know, rent out on the holiday market. And she was like, don't you want to do the interiors for me? And I kind of jumped at the opportunity because I Amazing. love kind of that whole thing. And, 
you know, whereas in, I don't know, South Africa or, or many parts of the world, you'd pop down to the kind of the lighting shop and the furniture shop and, the, and you'd buy your table and you'd buy your beds. And where we are in Kenya, there's, you, you can't. There's, there's none of that kind of ready-made stuff. But there is this incredible industry called juakali. It's it actually the direct translation means heat of the sun, but it's, it's this um, sort of um, trade that exists generally along the roadsides of sort of busy little streets. And you will find anything from carpenters to metal workers to couch makers to um, obviously furnishers, you know, seamstresses and stuff. And in, I think we did it in about five weeks, we furnished and decorated this, this four bedroom house with literally every single thing made from scratch, just using the skills and um, talents of the local craftsmanship. And in many ways, it just, it teaches you, you know, you can, you can take an idea and turn it into a reality just through, purely through a skills thing. And so, it, it, I guess it, it sort of takes away any sort of limitations. You, you, you can do whatever, as long as the skills there and the ideas there, you put them together and voila, <laughs> you have this, you can create anything you want. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that kind of like grounding. My mom was also um, an architect slash building contractor slash um, interior designer. And, and she was always very like hands on and taught me a lot of that. And yeah, so Amazing. yeah, it's been a really, awesome kind of tool to have yeah that's true and so do you think that was like a little bit of a, a spark for you in creating this or in thinking about how to create your own brand and having this interest in the creative industries yeah absolutely so when I when I finished university I had actually just started my first brand Laleso with um, my partner then Alice and it, we were in our final year towards the end and the, these two ladies from the UK who were spokespeople or you know worked for um, this organization called the Ethical Fashion Forum mm -hmm. and back then in 2006 the whole the word ethical was like such a foreign word like everyone was like what's that um, you know sustainable fashion was n not on everyone's lips I mean in the same way that it sort of took the whole organic vegetable revolution to kind of um, filter through but I remember just being so intrigued and after the, after their talk that they gave us, I stayed back and like, you know, I was like, I want to know more, like I've started this business, I want to be ethical. And I was kind of like trying to find out from them, like, how do I become ethical? You know, thinking that there was sort of some kind of form I filled in <laughs> and you know, still obviously with that sort of spoon fed slightly mindset of university. But um, they were just basically like, you know, do it yourself, like just do it to be, you know, practice that way. And so. I went back to Kenya and set up um, a little workshop in my parents' garage with a couple of seamstresses and yeah, so I kind of built this whole ethical um, story around what we were doing um, and also obviously was really inspired and um, impacted by the, you know, the, the work that we were doing with the local people. and. I actually then went to live in London and um, worked there marketing the brand and stuff for a few years and so many, I, I then became very involved with the Ethical Fashion Forum and the Ethical Fashion Community and so many young designers would come and ask me like how do you produce ethically and I was like oh I don't know I just actually you know I'm fortunate enough to have that Kenyan connection that I am able to just go and set up a little um, workshop and pay the ladies fairly and you know do it myself kind of thing. And actually then that, that became quite an interesting story because after I think it was about two or three years we were selling in top shops, the flagship store in Oxford Circus and we were doing so many units and it was sort of like 
diluting, I guess, the the focus of the business because I was trying to do production as well as market a fashion brand, and it was almost I realized it was two separate mm, businesses really, yeah. and so I. I was like, okay, I want to actually start outsourcing um, the garment production. But at the same time, I now had a team of, I think, 15 seamstresses and, wow. and um, tailors. And, and I was like, I can't just, you know, be like, sorry, guys, you're out of a job kind of thing. I'm obviously completely against all of my morals. And so then because I had this thing with everyone always asking me, like, where do you produce ethically? I knew that there was a little gap there for an ethical factory that, you know, that was certified and... Um, had all those credentials but I just needed to find the person to come and they could take over all the ladies and men who I employed but uh, yeah I just needed to find that person and then as luck would have it I met this wonderful lady called Jo Maiden actually on a um, and uh, it was actually an ethical again organized by the ethical fashion forum they did a, a kind of like a seminar and tour um, in and around Nairobi, introducing oh. brands and designers to all the different craftsmen in and around the, uh, it was amazing. I actually still use a lot of the contacts that uh, that I was introduced to then. And I met Jo and she happened to mention that she was, her and her husband were planning on moving to Kenya or somewhere in Africa. And I was like, oh, I have <laughs> the perfect idea for you and kind of pitched it to her. And she was like, okay, I'm gonna think about it. She went back to the UK and she was like, okay, tell me more, like da, da da And anyways, long story short, she took it over and it's now called Soko Kenya. I've been stalking them for a while. Mm -hmm. Wow, so you so had a lot was, to do yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. I can't, I, I definitely don't, wouldn't take any credit for actually starting it because she very much did that. But yeah, it was definitely a sort of instigation role maybe. Very cool. And yeah, they now do all the production for ASOS Africa and really are, I, I would say, like sort of spearhead a lot of, you know, the ethical fashion in Kenya especially but you know definitely a lot of in Africa fantastic yeah. that is so impressive yeah it's, I love that story it's a good one it's such <laughs> a good story yeah and now Lelesu is the brand that is your first brand that you started and I know that this I mean this interview we're going to focus on Asha 11 but Lelesu had a lot of accolades it, it's I, I mean I wrote down here the ethical fashion forum source award for brand leader design in 2015 and it's also has been listed on the business of fashion 500 and I know you're moving into new beginnings, but I just wondered if you could tell me, like, what are some of the things, you know, from running that business that you're most proud of? Like, what are the learnings or achievements or anything that came out of that experience that you're most proud of? Do you know, I think um, I, I, if you'd asked me this question maybe even two years ago, it would have been a very different answer. But I think now, especially that, you know, that door's kind of closing and or closed and I and, you know, I'm able to have that sort of like, you know, p fresh perspective. I think it's really the because you know that I'm so involved with the with the production side of things and ensuring that it is actually ethically made and that you know the people we work with are being um, you know so, you know appropriately re rewarded and what what has re I've really seen change I suppose most most notably towards the end is is actually the change in the, in the consumer and I think in the past you know people might not necessarily have bought our clothes because of the ethical standpoint that we we take they would have just bought it because it's a pretty dress and they they you know they want they like it whatever but i i i really felt a strong sense toward you know towards the end that that we were part of shifting consumer mindset you know being more conscious and and not necessarily even that if they didn't buy our clothing that but that we were a strong voice in that movement and 
and you know if Lalesa wasn't their cup of tea or whatever at least it got them thinking and I guess I'm most proud of that sort of association and just shifting people's mindsets I suppose being a part of that yeah totally so it's mm. like an education role in many ways yeah of yeah consumers out there yeah exactly very exactly. cool I want to delve into that a little bit more um, in a sec but before we do that I just wanted to understand why fashion for you I mean it sounds you've got lots of creative talents but why why fashion yeah that's an interesting one so I obviously was always um, sort of passionately uh, passionate about creativity Actually, my first sort of memories of, of get, you know, fashion or, or sewing, really, I think I must have been like eight or nine years old and kind of jumped on my mum's um, Elna she had. And I just remember so clearly that feeling of creating, so, like taking something that was 2D, like cutting fabric out and sewing it together and then suddenly it's 3D and you can wear it. And I just remember <laughs> that being such a, an amazing kind of, um, like, oh my God, I can create anything. But I think sort of like further down the line, you know, obviously when you're sort of ending school and deciding what to do, I was, I was very uh, creative, but I also, I really do enjoy sort of like, you know, the business and number side of things. And I did actually apply for art to art school and, and got in, but I, I don't know, there was just something kind of in me that felt that it wasn't sort of applied enough or something. I'd never sort of imagined myself just being, a, um, you know, an artist. <laughs> I felt like I needed that business and artist kind of combination and I felt I don't know I just sort of felt that fashion you know allowed that it was a good way to mm. mix those two things yeah, yeah exactly yeah now the fashion industry has lots of problems from a sustainability perspective broadly speaking and they're well documented it seems like yeah. they're in the news in particular at the moment yeah um, but our audience is quite broad and they cover lots of we cover lots and lots of different topics so I would love to get from your perspective, what do you think are the most critical areas that need to be addressed in the fashion industry today? Yeah, good question with a lot of depth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always kind of approach it, I suppose, or, or see it in as two main um, facets, the one being environmental and the other one being social, um, kind of call it people and planet. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to say which one would be worse. Um, I think they actually have equal negative impacts. When I first, you know, started going down the sustainable ethical route, it, I was really passionate about people. And I think, uh, again, that goes back to my roots growing up in Kenya and, you know, seeing the need for change in the, in the sort of communities around me. Um, so I was always really passionate about that and that drove me to kind of really focus on that and I think now in the more recent years it's become a lot clearer you know how how serious you know our environmental situation is yeah. and that that you know I've now brought a lot more focus to that in what we do but you know so we, we kind of touched on Yvonne Schoenard's um, book, Let My People Go Surfing, which is, you know, what, what I love so much about that book is how he goes through the whole chain. And that's starting from design to production to marketing to, you know, the business logistics and, and running it. And, and then ultimately, you know, now the product is in the planet. Like, yeah. how are we going to sort of address that? And, and I think, you know, that's really the key is to look at every single aspect and just reduce the negative impact as much as possible but as he says you know unfortunately 
I, don't, I wonder what businesses in this world could have a, uh, you know, unless your uh, the businesses revolve around um, negatively reducing something. I mean, it, impacting something. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, fashion is a, is a negative impact um, industry. And but at the end of the day, we also do need to all wear clothes. And you know, I think you can't shut down from from also you know people wanting to feel great in what they wear because that's also an important part of the whole world people need to feel great because that you know lets off positive vibes and i truly believe that that's just as important yeah going back to the question i suppose <laughs> i would go so far as to say there isn't necessarily a singular critical area it's um you know so, i mean just to kind of run you through you know how how i've be, i approach things um now we use only 100 percent natural which are biodegradable textiles or 100% recycled textiles. So the swimwear that I'm launching next summer is made from recycled plastic bags, which is, so, well, actually recycled plastic, ocean plastic. It's digitally printed, which has the lowest, it it's obviously has no waste, like water waste. You know, oh, that's, that's, oh, I don't know if you've watched, is it called Blue River? It's, no. It's hectic. It's about the, the dye kind of waste. Oh, this is like the in India, India. Yeah. right? The chemical waste yeah. and everything, Blue right. River or something. Yeah, it's awful. I, well, um, I've seen the True Cost, which had mm, touched on that a little bit, right? Yeah, gosh, yeah. that movie's sick. We offset uh, carbon offset any um, transport of the materials, and then in the production, that's where our social impact comes in. And what I'm really excited with Asha Eleven actually is for ages with Laleso. It was it was all about you know just making sure that, that everyone was paid a fair wage in safe working conditions, comfortable working conditions. And what I realise now is is actually it, it was amazing. The, I went to go um, collect some of my samples from the factories and just chatting to the ladies who make them. They they I could see this like sparkle in their eyes and they were so excited by what they had made and it really inspired me to see them so happy. And I was ha I was like, hang on a second, we can really you know, feed into this and actually, you know, keep them inspired because I think it's also so important that they are. So after I shot the lookbook, I sent I, I sent them the pictures and I've actually just printed them out and going to take them to them. And it's, I mean, to see the joy and happiness that just that brings them is just so rewarding and yeah. kind of brings in that whole cycle of inspiration. Um, Humans need purpose, don't they? Exactly, exactly. And mm. whether you're walking down the runway or, um, you know, sewing the garments, it's, you know, credit and purpose is, is due. And then we only, we have a no plastic policy. Um, so all our garments are like individually um, packaged in bio bags, which is made from vegetables. Wow. Um, and again, with our distribution, we then carbon offset all the carbon emissions that the business might uh, let off and and then we're I'm really I'm sort of actually just recently introducing this whole repair or recycle kind of concept similar um, to Patagonia similar right. exactly right. yeah so just going back to the um Ivan Chernod's book I find that such a fascinating guy right like he's made this huge incredibly successful business but he's got this mentality of like nothing can truly be sustainable and he's kind of like a bit of a downer you know he's I like know. we're all like yeah. we're doomed, we're doomed. <laughs> yeah. and yet he's creating so much impact and I remember I mean I can't remember if this is right you tell me but because I haven't read the book but he said something like you can never be truly sustainable but at least we can 
if we if we're taking some part of the market share and we're doing it right, then at least we can control some part of it. Yeah. Would you share that view? I mean, by by taking a little bit of the slice that would otherwise be going to you know like huge polluters or whatever. Yeah. You're yeah. doing better. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And as Yvonne also says if you can inspire others to also do what they're doing better, that's also a massive impact. And the only way you'd be actually be able to inspire others to do better is if you're doing it yourself. Right. And also, I mean, money does go far and his environmental tax policy, well, I don't know how you'd call it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think it was, he's donated $78 million in the last... Yeah, it's um, no joke. Huh? That's, that's a lot of money that can have a lot of impact on... Um, like serious causes so I think he's playing the game and then mm. twisting it to work and yeah then, yeah, yeah. Which is very yeah cool. exactly and I think the other thing that I've you know the way that I've been thinking about it and trying to justify because I love fashion as well but you know I've, I've struggled with it in recent years I've sort of gone into this like inertia where I can't consume it because I feel like I'm doing damage and it's really hard to find brands like Lalesu and Asha Eleven who are like really good you know and there's a lot of thought and care gone into the back end and the way that I see it with brands like this is you also, by giving people purpose, you, you're, the flow on effects, we just don't know. Like they, you, you could be preventing them from poaching or from yeah. anything, yeah. any means yeah, of exactly. other things that, you know, yeah. um, you know creating li a life of purpose and a life yeah. of meaning for these people is not to be underestimated. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah the nail on the head. Let's go back to the um, the point on the conscious consumers, which you mentioned was something you're very proud of coming out of the Lalesu experience. From your perspective, if you want to, if you are now becoming an enlightened consumer, like me, say, say me, I want, I love fashion and I want to enjoy it and feel nice in what I'm wearing and feel confident, but I'm like totally, you know, stunted or like can't, I'm in this space of inertia where I can't consume it. What what can we do to be better? Like, what, what should we look out for? How should we think about conscious fashion going forward? So I think like with many things, I think it really comes down to a mindset. And I think it's a certain sense of like reconditioning. You know, when I was sort of um, 18 and into my early 20s, it was all about like high street and having as many cool clothes as possible. Yeah. And um, that was almost like a, something you were proud of. Exactly. And it's so it's really it's a really it, it is a kind of like reconditioning of your mindset. And I've, I feel like it's, it's as simple as quality over quantity. And I think I think also, you know, also like with many things, don't be hard on yourself. Don't don't be too um, judgmental. Um, at the end of the day, we are all human. And I think just baby steps just you. So I I stopped <laughs> buying non-ethical clothes about three years ago yeah it's crazy i haven't i haven't stepped foot in an h&m or a zara or even a woolies you know in, in three years and can safely say that i love my wardrobe more than i ever have before oh, cool. and you know i think once you start putting your mind to it and it you know as they say like whatever you put out comes back and you sort of start to find the brands that you really like and by no means, I, I actually do think I spend less. I mean, I, I, I spend more, but less often. It's, mm -hmm. And it's as really as simple as that. And, you know, you, you buy these sort of, you know, your, these pieces that you cherish and love and you'll look after and wear loads. And 
Imagine everyone did that. It would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever it breaks, you can take it back take to get it repaired, back. Yeah, right? Like you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, how amazing would that be if you could do exactly. that with a dress or something? Exactly. You know, we, we were in Joburg recently, and we had a, a Lyle's cousin was getting married, and we've been traveling for, we've been doing that like um, capsule wardrobe 33 items thing while we've been traveling around for five months. So we've had the same items with uh. us for five months and we haven't bought anything. Lyle's got 26, I've got 33. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't have a dress for the wedding. So now like, now what do you do? Oh, you know? <laughs> I was like Googling, I was like, how do I get Lalesu in Joburg? <laughs> and I didn't have time to buy online. It was like going somewhere and buying it. You oh know? my gosh and could not find anything. Then I finally found something that said like Woolworths, South Africa has an ethical, sustainable thing. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go there and see if they have anything. Went there and asked the lady, I was like, where's the sustainable section? She just gave me this blank look and she said, you should go to Cotton On. I was like, I don't don't think that's the answer. Oh gosh, (laughs) oh gosh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that there's still a long way to go. A little go, bit of awareness still to be had. Yeah. I ended up, like, one of our interviewees in Namibia has given me one of her dresses, which is amazing. Oh, so, wow. like, all my clothes are basically, like, bought secondhand or, like, from op shops or from <laughs> or borrowed or whatever amazing. recently. Because, amazing. But I'd love to get back into that space of, like, buying quality things that I really mm. love that I'm, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. got distracted there for a sec. <laughs> And in South Africa in particular, what do you think are the, the major areas that can where fashion could potentially be used for good? I mean, we've touched on it already a bit, but it's quite exciting to me. Yeah, so, you know, th- I don't know if, you, if you're familiar, but there was a, a time in the 90s in South Africa where cheap Chinese imports started to flood, in, flood into the market and clothing and textile um, businesses shut down left, right and center, really? just went bankrupt. And it was a massive, massive problem. And and kind of still is but in a way it's had quite a quite an interesting effect because so you know obviously it was devastating at the time that these massive factories that were employing you know 500,000 people had to lay all these people off and a lot of people were were jobless but then the government got involved and recognized the issue and started putting higher taxes onto Chinese imports which I can't say that has completely solved the problem because people are just sort of smuggling them in tax-free making them even cheaper but what what has happened in the more recent years is that this sort of like smaller cottage industry style style of business, I suppose, when it comes to the cl- clothing, particularly um, manufacturing sector, and and that by its na- very nature kind of has inevitably just a sort of more sustainable and socially responsible kind of foundation to it I suppose like a blank you know? slate let's do it right yeah, yeah yeah and so it's sort of like and there's all these small like when I say small I mean from I work with one factory who employs three three seamstresses another one has like eight another one has like 12 or so and you know they're just such happy little working environments and a lot of people also work from home in a way it's a much better livelihood for them than it was working in this big factory where they probably weren't being paid that much I mean, obviously, I think there's still a lot of people who are unemployed, but yeah, the South African industry is really, really interesting. And and then if you if you go to you know the actual retail kind of commercial side, there's such an I mean in Cape Town especially there's such incredible, incredible clothing brands, ones that have been around for a while, new ones that are popping up, and 
I mean, I really don't think that there is any reason to go to shop in H&M or Zara or whatever, you know, that you really can get everything you need from these one, this wonderful talent that, and it also supports, you know, small businesses and uh, yeah, it's altogether just has a great kind of awesome. knock on effect. What are some of your favorite labels here in South Africa? Ooh, um, so oh, there's this lovely little new brand that's popped up called um, Art Club and Friends. She does fantastic things. Who else do I love? Um, Hannah Lavery. She does really great, quite sort of like plain basics kind of things, but she uses really nice natural textiles. Oh, there's also a lovely new brand that's popped up called Vas. Yeah, I'd say those would be... Sounds like there's quite best. a nice little hub going mm, on. There really is. So let's cover off Asher Levin properly. We haven't really introduced that properly to the listeners yet. Can you give us an overview of the brand and the brand values and the inspiration and where this came from? Yeah, when I when I kind of yeah went, got down to the drawing board, I suppose, and really thought about where I wanted to take the brand and what I wanted it to be about. I guess sort of creating the brand canvas, really. You know, creating beautiful things that people would love to wear and feel beautiful was obviously key. But I sort of realized that that that's just that's that's a kind of a given. <laughs> and what I kind of got to was this. You know, I was actually doing a lot of personal work and and trying to sort of really see what where my true passion lies and what motivates me and and it really came down to this whole idea of inspiration and and I kind of came up with this concept of like of let us inspire one another and which introduced this the idea of a cycle of inspiration and I sort of believe that inspiration kind of you know by its very nature kind of has this whole cycular effect but also kind of spin-off effect where let's say for example so I I feel inspired to design something I work with Jennifer and her team in Nairobi in the slum who are making a bag out of recycled plastic bags and that inspires them because you know they're creating a new product and they also um, got work and then that product then comes to the end consumer and this the customers inspired that it's been made out of plastic bags by um, in the slum in Nairobi and it's really cool and they love wearing it and then that in turn then kind of inspires me because I've got a happy cuss and within all of that as well you know there's it's it's a lot of good vibrations that are coming off of it in terms of you know a, a nice positive little chain there and so yeah I, I guess I guess the energy of the brand is definitely um, light and focus towards you know doing good and and also sharing the stories um, within that and I think what the world needs or, or what what will help us see a change in the world is is sharing those stories and inspiring one another to and the, the best way to inspire one another is to you know actually do it so and tell the stories and make tell it the stories known, right? and make it known exactly yeah. exactly and we've already touched on some of the sustainability elements that you're going to build into the brand can you give us like a, a rundown of what they what they will look like what is the what are you going to be able to tell people about the sustainability side of the brand sure so yeah as I said the our, our textile policy is um, only a hundred percent natural um, which is inevitably uh, biodegradable fabrics Fantastic. or cool so you could like um, literally put it in your compost exactly exactly ah, yeah that's so cool <laughs> well, and then yeah um, so no ocean or 100% uh, um, recycled fabrics right yeah so no synthetics and only digital printing 
or natural dyes and then m shifting up a level to production. Um, we work only with sustainable factories who, um, we, we, I love having such a close relationship with my factories. You know, I know all the seamstresses and we have such a laugh when I go in there and I know that they're happy. It's not, it's completely unquestionable. All our packaging is either, you know, biodegradable, reusable. And I feel like, you know, th little things like that and telling the story. Our swing ticketing, for example, it's a little um, Maasai beaded bracelet with a with a brass Africa um, made out of recycled padlocks on oh, it. Um, so it's something that kind of, I guess, kind of brings in a slightly sentimental value, but also you know, again, inspire, hopefully will inspire people to kind you of You could wear it and then someone and might ask about it and exactly. then you can be like, this is an amazing yeah. brand I found. Exactly, exactly. And then obviously um, carbon offsetting. A lot of people kind of, I, I feel like carbon offsetting tends to have a bit of a wishy-washy connotation, but in actual fact, I work quite closely with the with Carbon Zero who we offset through and it's, a, it's actually such a simple thing. I mean, you fly your fabric or finished garments around or whatever and by being in the airplane it's responsible for letting off a certain amount of emissions. You give these companies money, they literally take the money and plant trees. <laughs> Therefore, those trees absorb the emissions. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot less complicated than it might sound, but it's 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 really worth it. I, f I feel. I feel. I feel like it is too. I mean, we've heard, we've read a, a little bit about environmentalists really being against carbon because they say it en it enables bad behavior. Yeah. And to I mean, we're we're offsetting our entire trip because we've been flying around the world for six months. Like yeah. that's not exactly sustainable, is it? So yeah. We've been offsetting that, and to us, that's Amazing. better, right? Like if you're going to exactly. do it, we feel like that we're doing something for the greater yeah. good. Let's yeah. try and minimize our impact. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Again, it goes back to what Yvonne says, like, it's practically impossible to have a positive impact, but make your negative impact as less negative as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Makes a lot of sense. So for, for Asha 11 going forward, five years from now, 10 years from now, what would you love the brand to, to look like and feel like and have achieved? Uh, I would love for the brand to sort of when when people think of it, they it makes them feel inspired to go and do something good, to have a positive impact, to share their story of something good that they've done. Uh, yeah, I think that's really. I think they will. Yeah, for sure. Let's hope. And what do you think now? You've obviously had a lot of experience thinking about these problems and thinking about solutions to them. What do you think the role of business is more broadly in and creating change? I think, I mean, yeah, business is <laughs> essentially what keeps the world moving at the, at, you know, the way that we are, we are kind of, we have been conditioned, it is what keeps the world moving. So, yeah, I think, I think the more businesses that can adopt this more mindful outlook um, and practices and, you know, see it through, then it kind of then it, it will filter through to the consumers. I actually interestingly quite involved with the fashion revolution. Have you have you heard of yes, it? Yes, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah, I, I, I must say I, I love it. I saw you on the website. It's it, uh, you know it, it it's such a, it has such a strong global outreach and so many countries are involved now. And on Fashion Revolution Day, it has such a profound impact. And I think what what I find so fascinating about it is how the approach is this kind of connection between 
business and consumer and how you know it actually kind of goes both ways it's mm -hmm. you know the the business has a certain businesses have a certain responsibility to provide consumers with a, with a sustainable product but at the same time if they're not consumers also have responsibility to demand a more sustainable product actually Woolworths in South Africa is a great example because they I think it's yeah it's owned in Australia by it's the same as David yeah, they Jones. Own yeah, Woolworths South Africa own David Jones now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have they they're really great at responding to to consumers, mm. and they get a lot of flack from customers about their how much plastic packaging is on their food product, and like there was this whole online thing where this lady, every time she went to shop there, she would unpack all of her fruit and veg at the till and leave the packaging there and be Amazing. like, this is your problem, like not mine. I'm taking my fruit and veg home. I don't need, we don't need all this packaging. And yeah, cool so, I know, so, so, but that's just to show, you know, how important the consumer demand is to the businesses. And then, and yeah, again, I suppose to kind of create that sort of flow or cycle between the two where, yeah, we, we both move together, businesses and consumers in supporting each other to, create this like change I want to know whether you have like one story that jumps to mind like the first story that jumps to mind when you think of like impact that you've created through any of your brands or any of your work of an individual that you've you know whose lives you've changed in some way oh there are a couple actually <laughs> I think yeah the the Soko story that I spoke about earlier the, the first seamstress who I went in 2007 when we first started who who worked in my parents garage she's now the head seamstress there I mean that's 11 years later so I love that story but there's actually another guy called Francis who he's from my hometown in Diani and he's actually what they call a beach boy who they who are <laughs> a, a unique um, human they you know they they kind of just have a very chilled laid-back um, approach to life and they generally hang out on the beach and then they just basically try and sell you something mm -hmm. but Francis he he's a he's a Rastafarian and he makes amazing beaded jewelry and we just kind of became friendly he was always he just had a really nice vibe and I kind of clicked with him and and he's the one who makes all the beaded bracelets and it's I mean I've I think I've actually been working with him since we first started I first started lesser 10 years ago and through just these little beaded bracelets he's gone from being a little trader with his like handful of bracelets on the beach to having his own shop and not to say that you know that that i fully uh, provided that but i definitely gave him that little leg up i suppose to and and consistency i suppose you know he was he relies on the tourist market in the tourist town and business is sometimes good business sometimes terrible but it's kind of given him this consistent um income and allowed him to really grow his own business and it's it's always it's been such a it's been such a rewarding kind of thing to watch and he's he's such a uh, such a blessed human he has so much gratitude and you so know, where is his little store based now? In Diani. In Diani. Yeah, where yeah. is Diani? It's south of Mombasa. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, on the coast. So go visit Francis if yeah. you go to Diani. Yeah, yeah. Do, amazing. Do. Yeah, he's situated just opposite Chakadak nightclub. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Definitely go visit Francis. Yeah, do. And now, finally, to close off, well, actually, two final questions. The first is. Is there anything that you're going to be working on from a sustainable living perspective that you know might give inspiration to other people? So I think actually, you know, 
I had a realization not long ago. I my boyfriend um, is a very keen surfer, and he he loves the west coast of South Africa, and um, so we spend a lot of time up there, and it's wild and a lot of places are particularly remote and you don't see anyone for days and we went down to this little secret spot and um, he was out surfing for about three hours I think and when I when I first got down there I couldn't help but notice that there was so many plastic bottles around and really? I was really really overwhelmed and so I took his board bag and I just started walking around and I ended up picking up his whole board bag was full plus I took his um, the little baggie that you get changed out of your wetsuit in and filled that up he was <laughs> not so impressed that I'd used all these things but, <laughs> but it, I think I think what it really made me realize was just like every little helps and a lot of people think that the problem is too big to be addressed by one person but mm -hmm. oh, I saw this great thing the other day it's like but it's just one plastic bottle and then underneath said five uh, said seven billion people <laughs> and imagine yeah if we all just really focus on yeah doing your bit mm. then it, it it will have an impact it will it will mm. most definitely mm. even if it's just picking up a bottle on the beach exactly totally. yeah yeah and for anyone listening who might be thinking about starting their own brand or they already have their own brand what for you would be, you know, if you if you look back on your last ten years of running a sustainable and ethical fashion line, uh, multiple fashion lines, mm -hmm. what for you would be like the starting point or the one thing that you'd be like, this is where you should what you should think about. I think that is like know know what your brand value is, and when I when I say that, it's not like I, I don't know if you're making flip flops or something, you know. I think a, a weak brand value would be making good quality flip-flops. You know, I think you've got to really go into more of that like core, like why you're doing what you're doing. And and it just, it, you know, it, on, a, on a, a success level, I suppose, if you want to look at it like that, it always works out better. But from a personal level, in order to keep you constantly inspired and, you know, doing, enjoying what you're doing, um, to have to have that core thing, you know, well and truly clear to you, I suppose it's yeah, it creates for a, a much better flow and um, also longevity and yeah. yeah. I suppose this is like an endurance game as well. Like businesses, you don't just have success overnight, exactly. right? Exactly. So to exactly. have something that's going to inspire you for 10 yeah. plus years, you need yeah. to really believe in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. And finally, where can people find you? How, they, how can they support your work in Asha 11? Um, so the Asha 11 website is uh, asha 11 the, the number or the word. Um, both will take you to the same site. Find us on Instagram, Asha underscore the word 11. Nice. Fantastic. We'll put those links in our show notes. Cool. And um, also, if you have any links to, you know, to Francis or anyone else that you want to help, yeah. you know, get the word out there more, yeah. then, you know, happy to put those up as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us on this very blistery, <laughs> noisy, <laughs> stormy. Hopefully that audio is going to be okay. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming out and, and, and chatting to us. It's, uh, it's totally inspiring Such to hang pleasure. out with you and yeah. be motivated by what you're doing. <clears throat> and it's, Likewise, it's super your cool. guys' adventure sounds incredible. Yeah. It, it has been, it has been, but and only so because cool we get to meet people like you. So. Yeah, well, some, yeah, it's such an integral part of the whole process is people yeah. telling the stories. Yeah. Exactly, we got to get the stories out there. Inspiration, yeah. I think you're right. Inspiration mm. is, is key. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
We hope you've come away from that discussion as inspired as we are to change our fashion consumption habits. We are lucky that today there are so many incredible options out there for the conscious, mindful fashion lovers. As the perfect example, Asher 11's collection is simply beautiful and offers international carbon offsetted shipping. So absolutely do check them out. In fact, I think their winter collection is about to drop, which I'm personally quite excited about. And no, this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> now, if you found this episode inspiring, please share it and spread those good vibes. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time.